الحمد للہ بکفا السلام علیہ الدین اصطفیٰ امآباد فعلب اللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم قد افلح من زکاہا وقد خواب من جساہا سبحان ربک رب العزت امہ اسفون وسلام علی المرسلین والحمد للہ رب العالمین اللہم سنی علی سیدنا محمد وعلا علی سیدنا محمد وبارک وسلم اللہم سنی علی سیدنا محمد وعلا علی سیدنا محمد وبارک وسلم They're different parts of a human being One is our physical body Jism, Jasad, our physical self That also has parts, our limbs, organs, appendages, our physical self Second is our aql, our mind, our intellect. This is the place of thought, where we think, where we imagine. Third is our ruh, our spiritual self, where we have our emotions, our feelings, our qalb, our spiritual heart, where lies our iman and our love for Allah Ta'ala, fear of Allah Ta'ala, taqwa, tawakkul, shukr, sabr, all the feelings of deen. But the fourth part of us is called our nafs. Nafs is that part of us that has desires, that has passionate desires. Nafs is that part of us that has arrogance, arrogant pride. Nafs is that part of us that can have envy, jealousy, greed. That is called our nafs. So every some person has a nafs. And the nafs is the seat of ishtiha. And the nafs deeply desires, deeply desires. The most strong desire that is felt by a person is the desire of their nafs. Some people call nafs desire, some call it ego, some call it appetite. There's a misconception that people have that all of the nafs is always bad. No. Otherwise one would ask a question, why did Allah Ta'ala put this nafs inside me? So Allah Ta'ala has put a nafs inside us, but we have been inspired. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا وَنَفْسِ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا So this nafs has been placed inside us. And both options are there for the nafs. This nafs could follow fujur, fisk, sin, immodesty, crude shamelessness. Or this nafs could become pious and pure, means it could have good desires. For example, in Jannah, what is the word Allah Ta'ala uses frequently in Quran? مَا تَشْتَهِ أَنفُسُكُمْ مَا تَشْتَهِ أَنفُسُهُمْ What does it mean? What their nafs desires. But those desires are pure. Those are good. So the nafs can have pure desires. In fact, for all of Jannah, the Ahlul Jannah will have a nafs. And that nafs will have ishtiha, it will desire, but the desires of that nafs will be pure. So what we are responsible to do in this world is if we want to enter Jannah, and Jannah is a place where the desires will be pure, so what we have to do is purify that nafs in this life. We must have pure desires in this life. That is called tazkiyatun nafs, to purify the nafs. To desire only that which Allah Ta'ala desires for you. To wish only that which Allah Ta'ala wishes for us. To be pleased only with that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to get that sifat or attribute of Jannah here in this life. And for most people that sounds strange. 
Because many people think the nafs is always bad, the nafs is all evil. Nafs can be good, nafs can be bad. So the bad nafs in Quran is called nafs amara the good nafs in Quran is called nafs al-mutmina. Hmm? So, but then there must be some process, there must be some training, there must be some guidance, how I can get that pure nafs. So that process and training and guidance, that is called tazkiyah. Later, Mashaikh, they call it islah, islahs, to correct the nafs, rectify the nafs. Tazkiyah means to purify the nafs. Tazkiyah is a more accurate term, because that's what Allah Ta'ala used in Quran. قَدْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا قَدْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ تَزَكَّاهَا Allahu Akbar Tazkiyah To purify our nafs So this nafs that we have inside us has to be purified through the teachings of deen So what does it mean to have pure desires? So a pure desire in this life would be something like I deeply desire to be the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I desire to be hafiz of Quran I desire to pray the hajjud. I desire to make up with my family members. Oh, I desire to eradicate poverty in this world. Hmm? I desire to eliminate sorrow and sadness. These are all pure desires. Hmm? And there are people who can be deeply desirous of these things to a level of passion. How? Because it's from their nafs. It's from their nafs. Allah Akbar Kabira. So this nafs can be positive. In fact, this nafs can be a blessing for us. Yes, this nafs can be a blessing for us. In fact, you can even imagine that the nafs is going to be at one of two extremes. Either it is extreme, has extremely pure and proper desires, or it has extremely sinful and crude desires. Most people will lie in one of these two extremes. And that is understandable. Because Akhirah is also one of two extremes. There's no moderate place in the hereafter. There's one extreme place, it's called Jahannam. And there's a second extreme place that's called Jannah. This is why often we tell people that there's no such concept of moderate Islam or modern Islam or reformed Islam. Because Akhirah is not moderate. <laughs> Unless you think that Jannah is a moderately okay, so-so place. <laughs> then you can say there's moderate Islam. Or if you think Jahannam is a moderately bad place, it'll be kind of bad. Hmm? <laughs> Both are extreme. Both are extreme. So the purpose of Tazkiyotun Nafs is for a person to push themselves. This is called Mujahada. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهُدُوا فِيْنَا الْمُجَاهُدُوا مَنْ جَاهَدَ النَّفْسَا to make mujahada, to push your nafs to that extreme purity. So that's why the pious people, Siddiqeen, Salihin, Oliya, they desired Allah Ta'ala so much, they would do extreme things. They would pray all the night. They would pray half the night. They would fast every other day. They'd be willing to give their life for Allah Ta'ala fi sabilillah. That's extreme. But not only did they do these things, they did them out of a deep desire. They wouldn't wake up because they set the alarm clock. They wouldn't pray tahajjud because I have some problem in my life. Therefore I should wake up and make dua to Allah Ta'ala at that time to solve my problem. But that's not when they woke up. They would be deeply, deeply desirous of Allah Ta'ala. That was their nafs. But it was their nafs mutma'inna. They got falah because they did tazkiyah of their nafs. 
So the nafs actually has power in it. The nafs has barak in it. If a person can desire the pure things and be deeply desirous of them, then that nafs, that nafsul mutminna brings a person closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like on the other hand, that person whose nafs has the wrong desires, the impure desires, that nafs makes a person slide deep, deep, deep away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Far away from the qurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Falls into depravity, falls into abomination, can commit adultery, goes all the way down. So can you imagine then how important it is for us to train this nafs? How important it is for us to purify this nafs? How foolish it is for somebody to think this is optional, that tazkiyot nafs is optional, that tazkiyot nafs is something extra, that tazkiyot nafs is something that some people do. Understand this, that tazkiyotun nafs is fard. Tazkiyotun nafs is fard. Fardul ayn. It is fard on each and every single person to try their level best for their entire lifetime to purify their nafs. The only one who will succeed on that day is the one who brings to Allah Ta'ala a pure heart and that pure nafs. And it's this nafs, it's the purity of the nafs that can make insan rise above the malaika, rise above the angels. And it's the depravity of the nafs that can make insan go lower than the level of animals. It's this nafs that can bring us to these two extremes. Hmm? You will see even in the animal world, they take care of each other. They're loyal to each other. They help each other. Hmm? Sometimes there's some insan, they're even worse than animals. In fact, Allah Ta'ala mentions that in Quran, They're like creatures. They're like livestock. They're like cattle. No, they're even more disgraced. They're even more abased than those cattle, than those animals. Who are such people? They are the ones who forgot Allah. Look at the word ghafil. It didn't say ulaikum al-fajirun. It didn't say ulaikum al-fasikun. Allah didn't say ulaikum al-kafirun. Allah said ulaikum al-ghafilun. They're neglectful of Allah Ta'ala. Negligent about Allah Ta'ala. Heedless of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. They don't remember Allah. They forget Allah. That makes them even worse than the animals. Because even all the animals can never forget that master who created them. All the animals do the zikr of Allah Ta'ala all the time. Hmm? So that person can be even worse than animals. Even worse than animals. So then, now, obviously tonight we want to talk about the bad nafs, because that's what we have. <laughs> yeah. Bad nafs, hmm? bad desires, impure desires. This concept, for most of you this must be new. So this is one of the special insights of Imam Rabbani, Shaykh Ahmed Sirn Hindi, Mujadud Al-Fasanari Mulatala. Those of you more ulama and more familiar with tasawwuf, he wrote in his maktubat that fanai nafsi is after fanai kalbi. Fanai kalbi is one maqam and an even greater maqam than that is fanai nafsi. 
That's why Ya Ayyutahan Nafsul Mutmainna Irji'i ila Rabbiki Radiyatan Mardiyya Here, so this nafs is the seat of our desires. Nafs is the seat of our desires. The nafs has another thing in it. When it has shahwa ishtiha. Second thing the nafs has inside is hawa. Hawa means its fancies, its whims. Hmm? Even it has whims and fancies. So here what did Allah Ta'ala say in Quran, different places. One, أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَدَ أَلَاهُهُ هَوَا That aren't you amazed at that person who is taken as their ilah, as their god, the mere fancies and whims of their nafs. So hawa isn't the overwhelming passion of the nafs. Hawa is the slight little interest, has an inkling. And this person makes the inklings of the nafs their god. And this people have this problem. One is okay, somebody says, I'm stuck, I have full, deep, passionate desire for some particular rare mahram woman. So we say, that's your ishtiha, that's your tama, that's another word coming, that's your lalats, that's your greed, your lustful greed. But then there's another person who says, that no, it's not really anyone in particular, I just look at all the women who pass by. Hmm? So that's not deeply desirous of any particular one. He says, I look at all the ones who pass by. Masa, huh? the university student, he says, I have difficulty lowering my gaze. So if I had to ask him, no, so, uh, uh, who? Is it some particular professor or some class? No, the whole campus, Sheikh. The whole campus. <laughs> he doesn't say, what do you mean? Particular professor or particular classmate. He look at me. Huh? Why? Because he's the creature of Hawa. He's the creature of Hawa. This is another thing in the nafs. Even a small inkling, inkling, whims, fancies. Hmm? So some people, they even take that as a God. So Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, aren't you amazed? Aren't you stunned? Aren't you astonished? Don't you drop your jaw and gasp agape at such a person who instead of obeying Allah Ta'ala, not even some single particular deep desirous passion for one, no, even he's willing to give up Allah Ta'ala just for the passers-by. Allah Akbar, so disloyal. Harmashayak, they say, aapka iman itna kapcha dagai. Your iman is such a small, fragile thread. Hmm? That's all it is. Hmm? Allah Akbar. So then, who is going to be successful? Again, and that person, that person who is afraid of the day they will stand in front of their Rabb, so they stop their nafs from having these little whims and desires and fancies. Whims and fancies. They stop it. So this is what we were telling you, mujahada. This nafs has to be trained very actively. Very dynamically, naha, they use great effort, willpower, and they use their willpower to stop their nafs. They use their willpower to stop their nafs from having these haram inklings and whims and fences. What makes them do that? Mankhafa, the feeling of fear of Allah. So the khawf is in the qalb, so it begins in the heart. Those of you who are from Stanger, you would remember the very first time I came in this masjid in spring 2014, I gave you bayan on Kalbun Salim. 
on the relation on the pure heart and relationship between heart and nafs. And if you remember that we told you that the qalb is always ghalib on the nafs. The qalb is the imam of the nafs. So the qalb, first the heart must have fear and then the person will have the willpower to stop their nafs from hawa, from its whims and fancies. If the heart doesn't have fear of Allah Ta'ala, it won't be able to do that. But here, that's again another topic, another topic, fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions specific Specific illnesses. So it's clear that nafs is where we have these spiritual diseases. Put the lights on. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran Al-Kareem, وَأُحْدِرَةُ الْأَنفُسُ الشُّحِ The shuh is means a particular type of miserliness, a particular type of a particular type of stinginess. Shuh. Some ulama they explain shuh, and I know you have this word in your South African. I don't know what is it, South African English or South African or, huh? I don't know what it is, but you say it a lot. And then I asked one of them. Finally, after one year of listening to this word, I asked one person that what is this word you people keep saying? Hmm? So here, this is a word in Quran in Arabic, shuh, shuh, In Arabic, Quran, shuh means miserliness. So one example they give is that last minute stinginess, that a person is so stingy that even they want to give. So what does it mean? For example, they see a beggar and they take out their wallet and first they take out the hundred, they touch the hundred grand note but then they get stingy at the last second. They say, no, that's too much. They put it back and they took another note. That's called the extent of stinginess that they are. That they're stingy in general and even they're stingy in their generosity. Means their stinginess, their bukhul, affects even their generosity. Allah Akbar Kabira. So Allah Ta'ala mentioned that where is this? This is in the nafs. Then another sin Allah Ta'ala mentions, Hasadan min in the anfusihim. Hasadam min indi anfusihim. That they have hasad. Hasad means envy, jealousy. Where is it that envy is coming from their own selves, from their own nafs? The hasad is also something from the nafs. Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned another thing in the Quran. Illa man nafsa. Except that person who makes a fool. Fool of themselves. Hmm? So being foolish, lacking wisdom being immature, acting less than your age. This is also from nafs. This is also from nafs. And I, in another gathering we have told people that it's very important to be mature. Hikmah and wisdom and maturity. These are very important things. And increasingly we find many, many people who are less mature than their age. Less mature than their age. Because this is a fitna of the fashion, media, culture, society, technology, trying to make a person act underage. Act underage. So the man is 40, but he still likes to think he's 20. The woman is 40, she still likes to think she's 20. They're physically 40, but they're emotionally 20. They're physically 40, but they're spiritually 10. They're not mature. They haven't matured, they haven't ripened. But the power of deen is so much that a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old can reach the maturity of what today you think is a 40-year-old. 
That's the power of deen. The people who are truly tarbiyatul alad. Another way you can understand this, the proper way to raise children is that their maturity exceeds their age. That's the sign that you raise your children properly. That's simple. Their maturity exceeds their age. So by the time they're 20, they have the wisdom and maturity of a 40-year-old, you have done your job. And if by the time your child is 20, he still acts and behaves like a 12, 14, 15-year-old, you haven't done your job. Hmm? Just since I brought this topic, second, two major usul we mentioned in Tarbiyat al-Alad. So this is the first one, that their maturity should exceed their age. Second, and the, the benchmark is 20. The second is that make your child a wali by the age of 20. That's it. That's the bottom line. If your daughter is a waliya by the age of 20, you raise your daughter well. If your son is a wali, waliullah, by the age of 20, you raise your son well. It's that simple. That's the mark you should stand. That's the standard you should set for yourself. That's called tabiyatul ulad in our deen. Right? Fair. So this is another thing that is in the nafs. Foolishness, immaturity, lack of wisdom, overly jesting, overly joking. All of this is from the nafs. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions another sin in the Quran that comes from the nafs. Lakidistakbaru fi anfusihim. Lakadistakbaru fi anfusihim. What does it mean that they have takabbar, their arrogant wear? In their nafs. So arrogance is in the nafs. Takabur. Hasad is in the nafs. Envy. Shoh is in the nafs. Marjaliness. Foolishness. Immaturity. All of these sins come inside a person's nafs. Now understand that, if you remember our other main topic, which is the kalb, which is the heart, so the kalb and nafs will have this relationship with each other. The more the nafs has these things, hasad, takambur, being stingy, etc., the less pure the kalb will be. The less pure the kalb will be. And the more you purify our nafs, the more it will help your heart. And the way you can understand this, anything that satisfies this unlawful nafs, the bad nafs, Anything that brings the bad nafs happiness will give your kalm spiritual heart sadness. Anything that amplifies, strengthens your bad nafs that will harm your kalb. So because we are on this path of zikr kalbi, we are on the path that we want our spiritual heart to make zikr of the name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's critical then we must learn how to train this nafs through mujahada. Because anything that pleases in the unlawful nafs, the, the amara nafs, anything that pleases the amara nafs will make the heart find less ple- pleasure in ibadah. So those people say, they say that I did that sin because I needed the pleasure. So that type of pleasure, the pleasure that the nafs amara wants, that will rob you of the pleasure of the kalb in ibadah. Inverse relationship. Inverse relationship. Hmm? Then if you look in the history and you look in the Quran, you will find that all of the first disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was due to the nafs. So let's begin number one with shaitan. Now when you're looking at Iblis, so he didn't have any shaitan that led him astray. He himself is shaitan. Right? So then how did Iblis go astray? Purely because of his nafs. 
exclusively only because of his nafs. Allahu Akbar. And he had all of these sins. He had ujub, he had takambar, he had hasad, he had all of these things. He had all of these things. And Allah knows best how many years. Some ulama tafsir, they mention different years. Some say 80,000 years he was making ibadah with the angels. Hmm? Allah, tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, only Allah knows best. Hmm? And then he fell from that. Hmm? He fell from that maqam, he fell from that state, he fell from that status. How bad did he fall? Allah says in the Quran, وَإِنَّا عَلَيْكَ لَعْنَا And indeed upon you is the curse of Allah Ta'ala إِلَى يَوْمِ الدِّينَ Until the last day. Hmm? Allah Akbar fell so far. Then what happened? Then Sayyidina Adam and Sayyidina Hawar So what did Shaitan do? He whispered to them. He whispered to them, فَوَسْوَسَ عَلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَوَسْوَسَ لَهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ Two places in Quran this mentioned that Shaitan does waswasa to them. He whispers to them. First was just singular, Sayyidina Adam The second was dual to Sayyidina Adam and Amahawa radiallahu ta'ala. But which part of them does he whisper to? So understand when Shaitan whispers, does waswasa, he talks to your nafs. He talks to your nafs. Allah but what? Because hmm? he knew inside him what caused the evil was nafs. And when he does waswasa to you, he's trying to bring you to evil. So which part of you will he talk to? He will talk to your nafs. Now if a person has not purified their nafs, therefore that person has a nafs that still has evil desires, haram desires, then that nafs is inside. Shaitan is doing waswasa from outside. So the nafs is almost like an inner agent of shaitan. Like the double agent of shaitan. Hmm? Akbar. No one can fall prey to the waswasa of shaitan unless they have a nafs that can listen to that waswasa. So when Allah Ta'ala said in Quran that shaitan, they are going to be some servants of mine, that you have no sultan, you have no warrant, you will have no authority on them. How is that possible? Shaitan has been given the power to do waswasa on everyone. Yes, shaitan can do waswasa on them, but they will have no power to influence them. Why? Because they have done tazkiyah of their nafs. Therefore, the only nafs they have is the pure nafs. They don't even have that nafs that shaitan is talking to. So shaitan waswasas will fall on deaf ears. Allah Akbar. Because they have a pure nafs. So all of this is in Quran. All of this is in Quran. Then if you come now next, the first disobedience on earth, what happened? That was the son of Sayyidina, two sons of Sayyidina Adam To Habil he had a pretty wife. In Kabil he liked the brother's pretty wife. So Kabil killed the brother. What is that? That's nafs. That's nafs. So the first sin, the first crime committed on earth was also due to nafs. Imam Ghazali Ramtai said, that all the sins in a person ultimately can be traced to their nafs. Even like I said, the ones that are waswas of shaitan, only the nafs can respond to that. Even the ones that we blame on makhluk, other creation, but still it's our nafs that was interested in that other creation. So ultimately everything is traced back to the nafs. Hmm? So this is a big, big enemy. The nafs is a far bigger enemy than shaitan. Far bigger enemy than shaitan. Now what happens here, that few differences our mashayik have mentioned between shaitan and the nafs. First difference, 
is that shaitan is clever. Shaitan is cunning. Shaitan is clever. And the nafs is obstinate. The nafs is stubborn. What does it mean? The nafs, when it wants to do a particular sin, it gets stuck on that sin. Stuck on the same sin. Stubborn on it. Almost to the point of being obsessed with that sin. Shaitan, he can change his tactics. He may try to do waspasa for us to do one sin. If that doesn't work, he'll shift tactic, try to get us to another sin. If that doesn't work, he'll shift tactic, try to get us to a third sin. He has many tactics. Nafs, no. Nafs is one track. When it has that feeling, when it has that unlawful desire, then nothing else, it cannot think of anything else. It's not interested in making you do any other sin. It just wants you to fulfill that desire of it. Just it wants you to fulfill that desire. It won't do anything else to you. It will ride you, it will ride you, it will dominate you until you fulfill that desire. You try to ignore it, it will raise up again. It's like a fire inside you. You try to ignore it, it will raise again. Flames will rise again. That is the nature of the nafs. That is the nature of the nafs. And naturally, the nafs also knows that not all of its desires can be fulfilled. Not all of its desires can be fulfilled. Another difference of the nafs is that the nafs, once you give in to its desire, it doesn't move on. It doesn't go anywhere. Shaitan, if he gives you waswasa and he makes you do some sin, he moves on for some time. He moves to someone else, he lets you be, he's got other things to do. Yeah. But the nafs, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it's not that you listen to it once and okay, the second time it will let you go. In fact, the opposite. Every single time you listen to it, the second time it's even more strong. It comes back stronger every single time. Allah Shaitan's the same strength. There's no difference in his strength. He's static. The nafs, every time you fall into a sin of nafs, the nafs comes back stronger and stronger. Some mashaq, they describe it like a rabid dog. So you're holding the wild dog on the leash. You don't let go. If you let go, the next time you try to hold it, it knows now that you let go once. So it will pull even harder. It will tug even harder. Then again, because you couldn't hold it the first time, now it's pulling with more strength. So again, you let go. So third time it comes, third time you try to grab it. Now it knows, twice he let me go. He'll pull with even more strength. And you couldn't even stop him the first time. So it goes on and on and on. The nafs comes back stronger. Allah Akbar Kabira. So then that also makes it a more dangerous enemy. Hmm? You can think it's almost like your video game. Hmm? That the thing comes back like more powerful, with more power in it. Huh? Allah Akbar. Hmm? This is the nafs. So achieve this nafs. But just like that, you must understand this ajeeb marafati imam rabbani The same thing is true for the pure nafs. Same thing is true for the pure nafs. So you make that pure nafs purely desired tahajjud and then you pray once, the next night you'll desire it even more. The desire will come back even more. Then you pray a second time. Then the third night the desire will come back even more. Then you pray a third time. Then the desire will come back even more. So this nafs is also a blessing. If only we can make it pure. This is what puts the energy in the person's iman. They have this nafsul mutmainna. Allah Akbar. And then it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So much then even Allah Ta'ala says, Irji'i, Irji'i ila rabbik. 
Allahu Akbar. Hmm? Can you imagine how beloved that nafs is? That Allah Ta'ala is calling out to that nafs in His eternal, pre-eternal Qur'an. Irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam mardiyah. That return to your Rabb. You're so pleased with me and I'm so pleased with you. And Allah is talking to nafs. But which nafs? The nafs mutma'inna. The pure nafs. Allah Akbar. So this nafs must be understood. This nafs must be trained. Okay, I was telling you that uh, different between nafs and shaitan. Right? So that shaitan is light. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّكَ إِذَا الشَّيْتَانِ كَانَ ضَعِيفًا Indeed, the plotting and scheming and mechanisms of shaitan are ضَعِيف. They're weak. He's a weak enemy. But Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, it's the words of the Aziz of Misr, who had adopted Saint Yusuf Islam, and he was addressing the wife of Yusuf Islam, and he said, إِنَّكَ إِذَا كُنَّ أَذِيمٌ that indeed your plotting is azim, and what he meant is this plotting of your nafs, O woman, is azim. So the qaid of the nafs is called by Allah Ta'ala azim in Quran. The plotting of the nafs is called tremendous, and the plotting of shaitan is called zayf. It's weak. It's weak. So our real enemy is our nafs. Our real enemy is our nafs. You can imagine like this example, that the nafs is like the thief who lives inside your house. Hmm? Yeah. He lives inside your house. He gets a lot of chance to steal. He gets a lot of chances to steal. And this is what happens to us. This is exactly the predicament we've fallen into. Then to show the emphasis on this nafs, Ulam of Tafsir mentioned, that never has Allah Ta'ala recited so much qasam consecutively for any matter as Allah Ta'ala recites for the purification of the nafs. Allah Ta'ala recites seven qasms, seven oaths Allah invokes consecutively when talking about the importance of the purification of the nafs. وَالشَّمْسِ وَالْدُحَاهَا وَالْقَمْرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا وَالْلَيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَاهَا وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا تَهَاهَا وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فَجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا قَلْدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَكَنْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا Allah Ta'ala swearing by sun, by the moon, by the day, by the night, by the skies, the heavens, the firmaments, by the earth and the ground, and then by that very nafs itself. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا It's also important to understand. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ قَدْ أَفْلَحَ Indeed, that person will get falah. Falah if they do tazkiyah of their nafs. So what is falah? Falah is a beautiful thing. Falah means in Arabic to unravel that which is hidden. To unfold that which is curled. Falah means in Arabic to have a joy after which there is no sadness, a happiness after which there is no sorrow. Falah in Arabic means to have a success after which there is no failure. Salah, falah means in Arabic to have that izzat after which there is no zilla, that honor after which there is no disgrace and humiliation. Falah means when used by Allah Ta'ala in Quran, that qurb. That qurb, that wasl, that intimate nearness to Allah Ta'ala, after which there is no fasl, there is no bud, there is no distance from Him. That's called falah. Like Allah Ta'ala said, قَدْ أَفْلَهَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ 
just like those of you in the night majalis you remember I told you the Imam Rabbana to explain first you do muraqaba then you fill your heart with talawa and then the rest of your progress spiritually be through praying nawafil will be praying salah hmm? three things Allah Ta'ala is associated with so we are focusing on the first two on tawbah and tazkiyah tawbah and tazkiyah and as you start making tawbah, as you start making tazkiyah, you will see the condition of your salah becoming better. Always remember, you are looking for the results of zikr outside zikr. You're not looking for the results of zikr inside zikr. But what am I feeling? No, outside zikr. Do you remember Allah more in the day or night? Do you remember Allah Ta'ala more in your salah? Are you lowering your gaze more? Do you have more sabr? When you interact people, do you have more adab and akhlaq? So the results of zikr, you're supposed to be searching for them outside of zikr. And if you see the results outside zikr, don't worry if you don't see anything or experience or feel any sensation inside zikr. The zikr is working. The zikr is working. And if you don't see any results outside the zikr, and you claim you feel something in zikr, some tingling, some tickling, some warmth and vibrating, huh? what benefit is that to you? Hmm? It's so clear, it's all Qur'an. All beyond we're giving you is from Qur'an, Azim, Ashan. Toba, Tazkiyah, and Salah. These are the three things linked with Falah. When you get Falah, that's the point of no return. Put it that way. Hmm? Isn't that what we want? That's why we come for Sunnah Takaf. That's why we come to Masjid. We want, Ya Allah, finally just change me and never let me go back. This is what we want. We want this point of no return. That's called Falah. That's called Falah. Hmm? But then we better learn how to do Tazki of our Nafs. We better spend some time doing Tazki of our Nafs. We better make Tazki of Nafs a mission and goal in our life. Hmm? Then Allah Ta'ala explains that what happens? Why do they get these blessings and bounties and delights? Whether it's in their delight in their ibadah in this world or their delight in akhirah. وَذَلَكَ جَزَاءٌ مَّنْ That indeed this is the recompense, this is the reward given for that person who does tazkiyah. That there's a jaza for that. I remember there was the other jaza we did the other night. مَنْ يَأْمَسُوا أَنْ يُدْزَبِهِ 
So there's consequences of sin, or you can reap the beneficial rewards of tazkiyah. It's our choice, what type of life we want to live. Which jaza do we want? We want the jaza of sin, or we want the jaza of tazkiyah. Now understand in a bit more in depth. Allah Ta'ala mentioned three types of nafs in Qur'an. First is called nafs imara. Inna nafsa la'amaratum bisu'i. That indeed this nafs is all commanding ammar. Ammara, all commanding, supreme commander. Yes, the nafs can reach this level that it becomes the supreme commander of a person. And what does it command a person to do? Bisu'i. Commands him to do evil. Evil. Every type of abomination, every type of degradation, every shameless humiliation. The nafs commands him to do it. So then the person who has a nafs like that, Amar comes from Amr, right? Amr, hukam, command. So if the person obeys the command of their nafs, means they're disobeying the command of Allah Ta'ala. So then our Mashaikh used to say that such a person has become Abdul Nafs. And you will find in English idiom, what do they say? He's a slave to his desires. But they also know. <laughs> ah, they also know that this is the type of slavery. Ah, ajeeb. Language sometimes captures realities very well. He has become a slave to his desires. Hmm? This is exactly inna nafsala amaratum bisu'i. Abdul nafs. We were supposed to be Abdullah. Hmm? Can you imagine? We were supposed to be Abdullah. Instead we chose to be Abdul nafs. Hmm? And what does it command us to do? Bisu'i. So when the nafs takes over, it leads us to sin. I'll give you very simple. There's one English word, it's a slightly, slightly fancy English word. But the West has come up with this word to define this whole nafs. It's called hedonism. Hedonism means that person who just is worshipping their nafs. <laughs> hedonism means that you live your entire life to pursue pleasure. Life is lived to pursue pleasure and happiness in any way you want. <laughs> In any way you want. So they've gone to extremes now. Extremes. Bars and discos were just the beginning. They've gone to all types of extremes. Chemical formulas, drugs to induce pleasure. All crazy types of music to induce pleasure. All types of sinful fashion to induce pleasure. Sinful gatherings, sinful places, sinful music. It's so much. And they do all of it together. It's not like this murakab. It's compound sin. Hmm? They will take the sinful drug and they will go to the sinful place and they will wear the sinful clothing and they will listen to the sinful music and they will engage in sinful relations. They will do five, six, seven, eight sins rolled in one. Allah Akbar Kavira. And they do it deliberately. They say we live for this. They say we, we earn money to do this on the weekend. We work all week so that we can do this on the weekend. It's their life. <laughs> Allah, Allah Ta'ala give them hidayah. May Allah Ta'ala help us honor this hidayah. And may Allah Ta'ala guide the Muslimin who are following them in the same pit. Hmm? Can you imagine Muslims are attracted to that? Even the Muslim who doesn't do it, he's attracted sometimes. Can you imagine some people, even they come to me and they tell me that. That sometimes deep in the night I think, oh I wish, I wish. Huh? Allah Ta'ala gave you the protection of iman and you wish Allah Ta'ala gave you this beautiful safe house and you wish you were out in the jungle? You're attracted to the jungle, living in the house? What's the matter with you? Hmm? 
But they think like that. They get attracted because all of this fitna, all the movies and music and fashion, society is trying to attract you to hedonistic life. And Allah Ta'ala said, one, one on one side. Yes, listen to this. On the other side, put all the movies, all the music, all the celebrities, all the fashion magazines, all culture, all society, all of that to attract you on that side. And Allah Ta'ala on this side sent you one Rasulullah Wasallam to attract you to Him. You don't think Nabi Kareem Wasallam, his beauty, his sunnah is enough to counter all of that. Oh, subhanallah wa bihamdi. His beauty is enough to counter all of that. His sunnah is enough to counter all of that. His adab and akhlaq are enough to counter all of that. That's the rabd between ittiba'i sunnah and tazkiyatun nafs. Between ittiba'i sunnah and tazkiyatun nafs. Rabd, uh, link, connection. Hmm? You should be so happy. <laughs> How dare you be attracted to that when you're supposed to be attracted to him? Hmm? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is deen. Understand your deen. There is power in deen. There is noor in this deen. Alhamdulillah. That's incredible deen Allah Ta'ala has made. Absolutely wondrous, miraculous, incredible, perfect, lovely, fascinating, enthralling deen. Hmm? How dare you be attracted to this fluff? Hmm? It's nafs. All nafs. All nafs. Hmm? And the person has the pure nafs. Oh, he's deeply desirous of sunnah. Like Sahaba Ikram. Hmm? Deeply desirous of sunnah. Huh? Once Nabi Akram was sitting with some Sahabi, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, a Siddiq anhu. And he said, there are three things of this world that I love. Hmm? One that salah is the comfort to my heart, the delight of my heart, the coolness of my eye. Then good fragrance, fragrance scent, hmm? and pious wife. So immediately Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq he said, hmm? that Ya Rasulullah there are also three things beloved to me in this world. Ah, Allah Akbar. What? Number one, I love to gaze at your beloved face. Allah Akbar. I love to gaze at your beloved face. What does it mean? That is my fragrance scent. <laughs> I need all my fragrance is just this that I gaze at your beloved face. Hmm? And that my daughter is married to you. <laughs> That's my, not that I, obviously, he, obviously she, he had a pious wife also, but my delight lies more in this, not in who I'm married to, but who you're married to because she's my daughter. Hmm? Love Akbar. And I love to spend, I love to share my money. I love that my money be used by you. Hmm? Let's put it that way more. Other. I love that my money is used by you as its own, as your own. Hmm? Deeply desirous, deeply desirous of to be so attracted here, completely unattracted here. Completely unattracted. Hmm? So this is our problem. We're not attracted enough to the sunnah. We're not attracted enough to the sunnah. We don't have that love for the sunnah. So we get attracted to these things. Man ahabba sunnati. That person who is deeply desirous and in love with my sunnah, faqad ahabbani. Indeed, he loves me, says Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa man ahabbani. And who loves me, faqana ma'iya fil jannah. Or he will be with me in jannah. Pure nafs, pure desire. But we are stuck on this. 
stuck on this hedonistic nafs. Hmm? Nafs imara, hedonistic nafs. Slave to desire. Do what makes us happy. Oh, why did you do that sin? Because I felt like it. Why did you do that sin? Because I couldn't resist this irresistible amara. This is the state. This is our state. Amara, amara. Allah hmm? Akbar. May Allah rescue us from such a nafs. Hmm? What does it mean? Amar, supremely commanding. It takes over you entirely. It controls your eyes. The nafs amara controls your eyes now. It controls your gaze. You can't control your gaze because it's amara. It's a commander. It controls your gaze. It controls your body. It controls your tongue. It takes over. So you say words of anger. You cast glances of lust. This is all nafs amara. All of it is nafs amara. Hmm? So this is Ramadan. Ramadan is the month to train this nafs. Ramadan is the month, the main pillar, fard ibadah, sent down by Allah Ta'ala to us to help us train our nafs. So this month of fasting is actually the month of tazkiyah to nafs. It's the month of training the nafs because that's why we fast. That's why we fast. This we explained to you the other day in Juma. This is why we fast to stay away, to train our nafs. Because if the nafs can leave its jayz desires, lawful desire to eat and drink, then surely cannot the nafs leaves the unlawful desires of sin that it has. So it's training. It's training for us. This is the purpose. You can just think like this. There's only one purpose of fasting. One. But the taqwa part is how? Through disciplining this nafs. Fasting is a mujahadatun nafs, mukhalafatun nafs, going against the nafs. Going against the nafs. So in other words, Ramadan isn't about learning how to curb your hunger and thirst. Ramadan is about learning how to curb your nafs. How to control, how to restrict your nafs. Hmm? Hunger is just a side effect. Hunger is just a side effect. What does it mean? Let's put it this way. In Ramadan, what happens? You feel the hunger, but you don't give in. That's what it means. Allah Ta'ala wants to train you and show you. You can feel a desire and not give in to it. So at some point, there may be somebody, especially like when it's hot, like today, you felt thirsty. You felt the desire for water, but you didn't give in to the desire. Your desire did not command you Otherwise, normally this is nafs amara The desire commands you. So if you had nafs amara in Ramadan, as soon as you felt thirsty, you desired to have water, your nafs would have commanded you, you would have broken your fast and drank water. So this is the barakah of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala takes the nafs amara away through this act of fasting. The fast defeats this nafs amara's ability to command us. No, hmm? So then it's supposed to train us how to say no to the unlawful desires. Here, so first type of nafs is nafsi amara. Second type of nafs mentioned in the Quran is nafsi lawama. 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 Lawama means that this nafs reprimands itself. The self-recriminating, self-reprimanding, reprimanding the nafs that blames itself. The guilty nafs. It feels in easier English, less literal translation, but easier English, the guilty nafs. 
It feels guilt, it feels remorse, it feels shame. It views itself to be blameworthy any time it sins. So a mother one doesn't feel like that. A mother is just sinning without any shame, without any blame. This nafs, this nafs. Now and what happens in this nafs? Sometimes a person can defeat this nafs and sometimes this nafs defeats a person. This is somewhere in the middle. It's not a mara. Sometimes they defeat their nafs. And when they fail to control their desires, they feel blame and they feel shame. So many people found this category. Right? So this is what not the whole campus. This is that one which says, huh? this is the other one. This one says, no, I'm perfectly fine, but it's just that one. Allah huh? Akbar. It's just that one. Otherwise, alhamdulillah, I'm able to not look and control my gaze and not be interested, but I can't get that one out of my mind. And he blames himself for it. And he feels blame. And he feels shame about it. This is called nafsillawama. He feels shame and he assigns blame to his own self. This is called nafsillawama. Allah Akbar. So this, the remorse and regret and shame that they feel that is good, and then what do they do? Then they turn to Allah Ta'ala. And they make istighfar, they seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, they make dua to Allah Ta'ala to rescue them from this desire. The nafs amara doesn't even make dua to get out of sin. The nafs amara person doesn't even make istighfar for their sin. The nafs amara person feels no shame and assigns to themselves no blame. Allah Akbar. Hmm? But this nafs al-lawama one, this nafs al-lawama, he has some guilt. He has some guilt, has some shame, feels sad, doesn't want to be, does not want to be Abdul nafs, wants to be the king of their nafs, what we call Abu nafs, wants to be the master of their nafs. This is what they want. And they keep blaming themselves for not achieving this. How come I've not yet been able to master my nafs? So then this helps in Ramadan. Ramadan helps a person who had nafs al-lawama, Ramadan helps a person to master their nafs more, gives that person more ability, even more ability. Now understand, watch this very carefully. When you're in the state of nafs al look here, what happens? You have some desires, you still have them. Many times you defeat it, many times it defeats you. Now you have to get something else that is more than those desires. You must do something else that is more than those desires. You have two options. One option is that you make your a'mal, ibadat, zikr more than the bad desires you have. So that requires a lot of zikr, a lot of ibadah, a lot of a'mal saleh, a lot of dua. You make that more. That's one option. Second option is you make that feeling inside, that feeling of guilt and remorse and regret, you make that more strong than that desire. That's called tawbah. But what type of tawbah? Tawbah nasuha That person makes tawbah nasuha that their guilt exceeds the desire. Then you flip. Then it flips. Then you become abun nafs. So this is why you will find our mashayik of the sobaf because they understand these things. Most of bayans are designed to do one or if not both of these things. One set of bayan is designed to try to make a person do more zikr, more ibadah, more mujahidah. So that goes up, that may help them flip. Another set of bayan is designed what? To make a person feel more toba, feel more guilt, feel more remorse, feel more shame, so much more that that is more than the pleasure that the nafs feels from that sin. It can make a person flip. Hmm? Now you understand why you say bayan affects me 
and Bihan makes me want to change. So we told you the secret tonight. Huh? Sheikh Umar will know we never tell anybody these secrets. Allahu hmm? Akbar. And that's why we need our Mashaikh, we need Bihan, we need Sohbat. These things are designed, this is the system of Hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us flip. So we're no longer Abdul Nafs, but we become Abu Nafs. We're no longer slave to the Nafs, but become master of the Nafs. Hmm? The Nafs is not riding us, we are riding it. And then when you ride the Nafs, like I told you, it's a powerful stallion. Remember the pure Nafs? It's a very powerful stallion, Mustang. Hmm? Then you ride it and you pray tahajjud, then you make ibadah and you can make so many tawafs when you have this pure nafs. Allah Akbar Kabira. But it needs to be tamed. Huh? Like the wild horse needs to be tamed first. So the act of taming the nafs, that's called mujadatul nafs, that's called mukhalafatul nafs. And as all of you know, and we already mentioned to you, there's a third type of nafs in Quran, nafsul mutma'inna. Hmm? يَا أَيُّتَهَا النَّسُّ الْمُطْمَئِنَّ إِلْجِئِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكِ رَاضِيَةً مَرْضِيَةً What does this first word mean? Mutmainna. So it means two things. Normally people mention the second one, but I'd say that comes second. But I'll tell it to you first because you're more familiar with that. But just remember it comes second. Mutmainna means, secondly, that a person is serene. So normally they translate it like this. The serene soul, contented soul. Right? Serenity, contentment from itminan hmm? to the peaceful soul. Hmm? All right. Yes, that's what it means. But that was second. What does it first mean? Mutmainna means that this nafs first and foremost is happy and content with what Allah desires for it. It is completely content and satisfied. Put it this way. Mutmanna means it's completely satisfied with halal desires. It's completely fulfilled, mutmainna. It's completely fulfilled from the halal desires. So it is completely satisfied and completely complete, 100% satisfaction and complete 100% fulfillment from the halal desires of this world. Now it has no ragba, no talab, no yearning, no seeking for the haram desires of this world. Full, full of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Full. Full to the brim. So when it gets that, then it gets the second meaning, then it becomes pure serenity. Pure serendipity. Because it's completely satisfied and content with Allah ta'ala's wishes. This also Allah ta'ala gives us in Ramadan. Yes. Because how do you fast? Mashallah, you fast mutma'inna. You're completely satisfied with Allah Ta'ala's command that you should stay away from food and drink. You're happy with it. You're happy with it. You never question it. You don't get upset. You don't try to cheat. Hmm? You don't secretly go. You're not even tempted. You don't even imagine cheating. You're mutma'in. You're completely satisfied with this. Ya Allah, you give us a taste of nafs mutma'inna in Ramadan. And because you have that, you get the second type of itminan. Generally you will find the person who is fasting believer and praying and also staying away from sin in Ramadan, that they say, my heart gets a type of sukoon in this month. They say, I feel the sukoon in the air. They say, the fizam is sukoon Ramadan ke They say, I feel the relaxedness and the tranquility in the whole month, the very month itself I feel it. They're getting that second type of mutmanna. They're getting that second itminan. 
Look at this Ramadan. And just in Ramadan, Allah is taking us all the way, all the way from Amara through Lamama, all the way up to Mutmainna. All the way up to Mutmainna. Hmm? This is the power of Ramadan. And then the next two words were Radiyatam Mardiya. So that's very simple. Radi means Rat. Radi means that the person is pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we told you, happily fasting. So this nafs happily stays away from everything Allah Ta'ala wants them to stay away from. They're pleased. And they find pleasure in that. Imam Rabbani Shaykh Yama wrote a beautiful thing, that the greatest pleasure that comes from zikr is the joy a person feels when following sharia. They find sharia pleasurable. So there's nothing more pleasurable in the deen than itaat then obedience and following and aligning yourself with sharia. So they get a delight in that. So before they got pleasure in the sin, right? Now they find obedience more pleasurable. Just imagine, whatever sinful pleasure that people do, so they do that for a pleasure. This person finds sharia more pleasurable than that person finds that sin pleasurable. Allah Akbar. Sharia becomes pleasurable. And when Shreya becomes pleasurable, and I told you it's still nafs, because nafs mutmain is still nafs, and that nafs deeply, nafs deeply desires what gives us pleasure. But this person has made themselves such as Shreya gives them pleasure, so this person now deeply desires Shreya. Nafs Deeply desires Shreya. Deeply desires Sunnah. Then they start to fly. <laughs> Or oh, they start flying in deen. They start soaring in deen. They start flying in deen. They start soaring in deen. Then what happens? It doesn't mean that in this world they don't have any difficulties. Allah Ta'ala will still send them difficulties in this world. But they mean nothing to them. They mean nothing to them. There will be setbacks. There will be drawbacks. There will be enmity. There will be rivals. There will be jealousy. There will be all types of things. But it means nothing to them. Because they're, they're on a high... <laughs> They're feeling a pleasure. <laughs> they're lost in that pleasure. Just like that person who's lost in sin, right? When he's lost in his pleasurable sin, nothing else matters to him in the world. He tells her, Oh, I forget all my worries in your arms. Yeah, that's what he says to her. Huh? So this person, he forgets all his worries when he's in the musalla. It's like as if he's in the arms, the clasp, the tender mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He forgets everything in the pleasures of sharia. Oh, but they need their drugs to escape. This person just has sharia as their escape. This is the beauty of deen. Following deen, sharia is the cure, remedy. It's the escape from all the worries that a person has. So the greatest example of this, obviously, were sahaba ikram, and who were sahaba? They were awliya. So what does Allah Ta'ala say? Allah, inna awliya Allahi, la khawfun alayhim, wa la hum this is what happens now. There's no fear on them. No sorrow on them. They're purely itminan. Their kalb is in itminan. Their nafs is in itminan. What a life on earth. This is called heaven on earth. This deen, sharia. This is called heaven on earth. They get the feeling of jannah right here on earth. Itminan in their kalb and itminan in their nafs. Hmm? Itminan in their kalb, 
and itminan in their nafs, then ulaikal mukarrabun. Then what happens after that? They become mukarrab. Mukarrib in Arabic would be a person who draws close to Allah. Mukarrab is the one that Allah Ta'ala draws closer to him. So after they worked on their heart, made it salim, itminan of heart. After they worked on their nafs, mudamatminna, itminan of nafs. And now their desires and pleasures lie in sharia. And they make striving, striving. But now then Allah Ta'ala takes them more. Now Allah Ta'ala takes them on the journey. That's why Torah they start soaring. They become muqarrab. Allah Ta'ala draws them closer to Him. And He keeps drawing them closer to Him. Keeps drawing them closer to Him. Until it says, irji. Allah Ta'ala says to them, irji. Now just come close. Come, now I want you even closer. And that level of qurb you can't do while remaining alive on earth anymore. To irji'i ila rabbik. I want you even closer now. Ulaikal Mukarrabun, closer, 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 as close as one can get in this world. Then Allah says, Now you come back and I bring you as close as I can bring you in the next world. This is the concept of humanity. This is deen. This is why we say Sharia is uplifting, Sharia is liberating, Sharia is emancipating. Now you understand. <laughs> Sharia makes a person fly and soar. Hmm? And you soar away from the worries and problems and difficulties. And you soar towards Allah. You soar towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? So this is the dua we should make in this month. We should try to make this month, these few days we have left of this month, to make us have this nafsu mutmainna. So and I will just teach you one dua that all of you would know. But just imagine this is the heartfelt expression of the nafs mutmainna. Now we don't have that nafs mutmainna yet. We are an amara, you are an lavama. But if we make this dua, if we make the dua on our tongue, and we beg Allah Ta'ala make the reality flow into our heart, maybe we could be on our way to get this nafs mutmainna. And what is that dua? Dua that many of you should know. Raditu billahi rabba. Raditu billahi rabba. That I am so happy, I am so pleased, the greatest delight and joy. It gives me such a happiness that it can extinguish every sorrow. It gives me such a joy that it eliminates every sadness. What? That Allah is my Rabb. That that kind Allah, wonderful Allah, amazing Allah, He's my Rabb, He's my caretaker, my upbringer. Raditu billahi rabba. Hmm? This is a dua that Nabiya Kareem Sassam taught, a sunnah dua from the Muslim duas. Hmm? Then, Raditu bil islami dina. That I'm so happy that Islam is my deen, that Sharia is my way of life, that Sunnah is my model, that Quran is my way of Hidayah. And then, to bi Muhammadin Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That I'm pleased to have him as my Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it's true. This is called Nasrullah Minna. That they get so much joy from these three things. So then it's not so difficult for us. Nafsu Matana isn't some foreign... Girl. Me, you have the same three things. Is Allah your Rabb? Bolona. Is Allah your Rabb? Is Islam your Deen? Is Muhammad Wasallam your Nabi? So then, start deriving pleasure from it. Start deriving happiness from it. That you already accept it. 
So why not be pleased with it and deriving more pleasure from it, more pleasure for it, will make you on the way to becoming nafsumutminna. So this is the way. You can either go this way or there's another way, which I'll, I won't, but that's not the way I will teach you. But there's another way. This was a very difficult way. This was the early tasawwuf. And that was called mukhalafatun nafs. So we gave you this way to get nafsumutminna. There was another way. Allahu Akbar, you don't know how difficult that way is. Ah, sleep very little, eat very little, talk very little, mingle very little, fast every other day, keep your suhoor with water and dates, do iftar with only water and dates. If you oh, stand in the heat of the summer, don't let yourself drink cold water anymore. Oh, mukhalifatun nafs. Yeah, what in Urdu we call ragra. You know ragra, Allah Akbar. Ragra is when they take that tool and they scrape the top of the desk so all the wood comes off hmm? and then the raw wood appears from the bottom. That was ragra. Most people today, you're not ready for that. <laughs> you won't be able to do it that way. That is the way. It's still there if you want. Hmm? It's still there if you want. You come to me to Pakistan and I will take you to some places. Yeah. You won't last there more than a few days. Hmm? Hmm? That's another path. Alhamdulillah, though Allah Ta'ala sent Mashaikh to teach people on that path. It's also a perfect path. And many, many people, they got Sharia and Sunnah and love for Allah Ta'ala and Qurbada to that path. But in this day and age, it's difficult for the people to do. So better to follow this path, that you make that Tawbah, you make that Zikr, you try to make that Ibadah, you get that love for Allah Ta'ala, you purify your heart, so that your heart becomes even stronger than your nafs, your heart becomes pure, your nafs become pure, then you get the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, so that Allah Ta'ala could also say about us, radiyallahu anhum waradhu an, that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them, and they are pleased with Allah. May Allah Ta'ala accept this dua from us on this blessed night, in this blessed moment of itikaf, in this blessed month of Ramadan. May He protect us from this nafs amara may He rid us from this nafs al-Nawama, may He grant us this nafs al-Mutma'inna, wa akhiru da'wana, an alhamdulillahi rabbil Before we make dua, make muraqimah, Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from everything in the world. Make niyat that you are going deep into your heart. Now you want to fill your heart with the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, the delight of Allah Ta'ala's name. You want the joy and ecstasy of making zikr of His name, but you want that joy not on your tongue. You want that taste in your heart. You want the pleasure in your heart. You want the delight in your heart. So you go deep into your ruh, into your spiritual heart, and you make near that, Ya Rabb, my heart is turning to you. My heart is calling you. You said in Quran, Fadkuruni Adhkurkum. I ask tonight that you do zikr of me. Ya Allah, end this nafsi amara. Issue your kun and make this from amara into mutma'inna. Ya Allah, take out all the envy of my nafs, the takabbar of my nafs, the, the, the bukhul of my nafs. Take out all the diseases of my nafs. Ya Allah, I no longer want to be attracted to any unlawful pleasure. Make me attracted to only that which pleases you. My heart is calling your name. That my my heart is silently, humbly calling Allah, Allah, Allah. 
बनाऊंगा अपने नफ्स सरकश को अब तो या रब गुलाम तेरा बनाऊंगा अपने नफ्स सरकश को अब तो या रब गुलाम तेरा मैं छोड़कर कारोबार सारी करूंगा हर वक्त काम तेरा किया करूंगा बस अब इलाही में जिक्र ही सुबह शाम तेरा जमाऊंगा दिल में याद तेरी रटूंगा दिन रात नाम तेरा जमाऊंगा दिल में याद तेरी रटूंगा दिन रात नाम तेरा हर दम करूँगा ए मेरे बारी अल्लाह 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 रहा मैं दिन रात गफलतों में अबस यूं ही जिंदगी गुजारी रहा मैं दिन रात गफलतों में बस यूं ही जिंदगी गुजारी किया न कुछ काम आखिरत का कठी गुनाहों में उम्र सारी किया न कुछ काम आखिरत का कठी गुनाहों में उम्र सारी बहुत दिनों मैंने सरकशी की मगर है अब सख्त शर्म सारी बहुत दिनों में निसर्कशी की मगर है अब सख्त शर्म सारी मैं सर झुकाता हूँ मेरे मौला मैं तोबा करता हूँ मेरे बारी हर दम करूँगा मेरे बारी अल्लाह 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 फिल्ला <laughs> 
let us go back to our nafs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, don't let us go back to that sin. Ya Rabbi, we'll re-enter the world of sin, the environment of sin. The people of sin will find us. The messages of sin will reach us. The memories of sin haunt us. Rescue us, Ya Rabbi. Help us, Ya Rabbi. Help us triumph over this nafs once and for all. Ya keep us with deen. Make us from your mukarrabeen. Draw us near to you. Bring us closer to you. Make us such la khawfun alayhim walahum yahzanoon. We are unworthy, Ya Rabbi. But we ask you anyway, make us like that, Ya Rabbi. Take out all the fear away. Take out all the sorrow away. Grant us the nafs mutma'innah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya that we make dua that you accept all of the duas in the hearts of those who are present. Grant them their pious wishes. Fulfill their pious dreams. All of those who are listening, wherever they may be. Ya Rabbi Kareem, there are people in other places also trying to rid themselves of nafs. They listen on this night in the hope that they would hear something that would connect them to you. Accept their honorable wishes. Accept their honorable opinion. Make us according to their opinion, Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept these gatherings, accept this itikaf, accept this masjid, accept each and every one of us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, don't pick on our sin, don't look at our sin, don't punish us for sin. Send your mercy, Ya Rabbi. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbu la fafafu anna ya Allah, wakfir lana ya Allah, utubu alayna ya Allah, warhamna ya Allah, ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Rabbana takambal minna innaka. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we do for the Ummah, Ya Rabbi. Rescue the Ummah from this nafs. Rescue the women from their nafs. Rescue the men from their nafs. Rescue the young from their nafs. Rescue the old from their nafs. No one is free, Ya Rabbi. Rescue us, Ya Rabbi. No one is innocent, Ya Rabbi. Forgive us, Ya Rabbi. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask in this blessed month of Ramadan, out of the power of your limitless mercy, free the entire Ummah from their nafs. Grant all all the Ummah Nafsul Mutma'inna Free them from Nafsi Ammara Grant us Nafsi Mutma'inna Make us strong in Deen Passion in Deen Have willpower in Deen Give us Istikamat on Deen Put every single feeling of Deen in our heart Every feeling of Quran in our heart Every feeling of the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with our heart Ya Rabbi Kareem Cast your love in our heart Cast your mercy upon our heart Fill our heart with love for you Fill our heart with fear of you make us amongst those people. Give us that khauf, ya Rabb. Give us that fear, ya Rabb. Help us, ya Rabb. Ya Allah, ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takamal minna inna ka anta samiul alim. Watubu alayna inna ka anta tuwabu rahim. Wasallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad. وَلَا آلِهِ وَسَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ آمين.